Even like three or five years ago, I wouldn't have imagined where we're at today. Like this whole no, AI same. conversation, I never imagined it. But Damn. so much can change in three to five years. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. You're listening to the Me Search podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo. And I am Crystal Tugatti. On this episode of Me Search, we're reuniting with an old pal of the pod. An old pal of the pod. He's been a guest on previous seasons of Me Search podcast, talking about his journey as the head of content and programming for Mix Global of Philippine conglomerate ABS-CBN. Okay. You may have heard. Okay. Um, yeah, we're super excited. I'm super excited. Y'all, we're going to find out what's new with our old pal, our beloved pal. And we're going to talk to him about what his about his experience with audiences online. Welcome back to the pod, Nino Lanero. Hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back on. It's always a pleasure to be here with the Me Search fam. I love you, too, and I love the audience. And um, yeah, I'm back again. Hello. Oh my god. Hello. It is, it's a great day when Nino's back in, in this in the virtual studio. These intros <laughs> just give me life. Thank you for gassing me up. I appreciate oh you so so much. It's so easy to gas you up. We appreciate you. I, I, I'm I'm shy. If I could, like I, <laughs> I think I said this before. If I could blush, I would. But I'm a little too for that you know what i mean filipino <laughs> we love the, we love the melanin we love the melanin. we love the melanin Absolutely. yes i feel like every time you're on the show you know your title gets fancier and fancier <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent yes to that <laughs> but dude props to you that's amazing yeah thank you guys yeah it's been a crazy journey i think even 2020 I think I came on sometime in 2022 around this time and we were talking mm -hmm. about like what's popping for 2023. I think I, that was one of the last convos that we had um, mm -hmm. on the pod. And there were so many things that happened that, that were not written in the books. I think that happened. And um, it's been such a crazy, crazy year. I've been so appreciative of the job, even though it's been crazy, but I've got to do a lot of things that I thought I would never, ever do. Um, and it's exciting, and I'm, I'm I definitely had a crazy fun year. Like what? Like what? Tell us more. <laughs> I <laughs> I flew around the world this year for this job, which I'll is like fly around the world <laughs> a dream. Like that's I I think I I dreamt of this when I was younger. Like I love to do something within this field of creative work or film and TV or music or whatever it is, and and be able to fly around the world to do it. And to this year, like unbeknownst to me, literally was not in my books it, it happened they asked me to you know instead of just directing tv and film they asked me to direct their live shows for some of their music festivals this year uh some of the products that we have for um abs cbn and mix and um you know in the beginning i was like you want me to direct a music festival like what <laughs> like i've never done that before but i love music and i love production and the creative outlook of how it can be from you know the beginning notion of how you want it to look like. And then, you know, you finally see it on stage. So I love the whole process. So I took up the offer from the company and we got to go to London, Australia, Philippines, Toronto, um, up and down the coast. Uh, you know, it's it's been amazing. And I'm super happy that I got to do that. But that's that was part of the year this year. 
did not expect it. That's amazing. When you first started, you were like producer, then you were like director of, or like head of content. And now it's like head of content and programming. I'm presuming like the programming is the live stuff. Yeah. Programming is uh, digital TV and and some of the live music things that we've been doing as well too. Um, So so cool. On the programming side, it's, it's, you know, it's basically we're trying to figure out like, where is our audience sitting? Are they still watching TV? Not really. Are they on the digital spectrum of things? Yes, they are. But like, where are they? So that's kind of been like the journey of finding. And also, are people back at concerts? Are people out there living their life and, you know, um, and listening to things live and going to things? You know, that was a lot of the work in the programming portion of this job that I had to figure out and do this year. Um, And yeah, a lot of them are living online, but they're not necessarily living um, in you know, the exact places where we think they're living and things evolve pretty quickly throughout the year as well, too. Mm. I think the technology piece has really like shifted the way we expect audiences to interact with artists, whether it's online or like at Mm. these music festivals as a person in your job right now, like trying to figure out where audiences are either online and in person like what are you finding is the most like surprising thing about audiences across the globe and how they use like the internet and stuff we just actually just talked about this today which was interesting because you know short form has been like short form content has been like the go-to the past i don't know since the pandemic started right like Mm. tiktok you know came and it's still here and it's moving um instagram reels happen youtube shorts happen and and you know for the longest time we were thinking oh man our just our minds are dwindling down to really just quick quick content and um that's how we're seeing things go but there's a resurgence of long-form content in micro bites mm-hmm. um that is happening where digital experts are saying like people want to consume more highly produced content in a longer form, but maybe not the whole episode in um, in a full 30 minutes. Maybe they want to mm-hmm. see it in part one, part two, part three, part four. Um, but it's great because now you could actually fit a full story within that content versus trying to have to cut things out because you only have 60 seconds to 90 seconds to basically tell a story. Um, you know, in the beginning, like, of the year we were thinking oh yeah yeah you know everything has to be short form everything has to be short form but really you can still create or now experts are saying digital experts and even advertisers are saying no we we want to see that longer form content between 10 to 15 minutes and if it's a an episodic feature type situation where there's a story to be told within like one to eight episodes it's more likely that people are going to watch it and they'll watch it on youtube they'll consume it uh because it's like the easiest platform to see that right when you're looking for those type of things but also like you have tiktok or instagram reels that could tell these stories i've had this conversation with dustin with some of the things we were writing before or in current now where um we see a trend of like gray's anatomy always showing up on tiktok and they're like old episodes of gray's and you want to know what's going to happen next because there's a whole generation who hasn't seen gray's before (gasps) And they're like, wait, did that person survive or did that person die? Part two, part two. Hey, movie guy, it's been two hours. Please post the next part. So people consume these things in such a different way. But these are more highly produced type of shows. So, I mean, it can go either way. It can go like on a TikTok or Instagram Reels um, or on a YouTube. Um, 
but the digital audience's mind just moves so quickly that you kind of just have to cover yourself in all aspects. You kind of have to be everywhere as much as you can. But I think if you find a place that works for you and it's building your audience, you should stay there and continue to work on that and not spread yourself too thin. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So if you create something and it's working for you on TikTok, keep on pushing on TikTok. But if you create something and it's working for you on YouTube, utilize that YouTube and keep it pushing. Don't try to spread yourself out too thin by trying to be on every single, every single platform because audiences are all built differently. But if you found your niche audience, you should keep it that way and just keep, keep on pushing. And then later on, you could expand to other places or whatnot. Uh, But if you found something that works, you should keep on building it. That's interesting. Is there Mm -hmm. like a specific demographic that watches like each each uh platform like i you know like there's facebook <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah which what, what demographic is on facebook yeah, versus there's... what demographic is on insta yeah 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 like others yeah 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 uh, so, uh well what do you what do you guys think i'm curious to see what you guys think are the demos for facebook instagram and tiktok if we break it down that way <laughs> Okay, so here's here's a thought that comes to mind immediately because like okay. I used to do, like um, I used to do like online marketing as an intern right out of college for this uh, website for this like music website, and my supervisor at the time was like, "Yeah, you have to really pay attention to who's using a platform because as soon as you think that your mom is on the social media platform, then." It's no longer cool. <laughs> so, and I, th- that, those are the words that she used. It's not like that, that's not something I came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take that to mean like as soon as you're of a generation that typically has children who are on social media, mm-hmm. if you are, if you yourself are using that social media platform, like it's uncool and <laughs> your children are likely to be somewhere else. So, so like Facebook, okay. So. I assume is like it's probably like millennials <laughs> and older. Because Definitely older. I don't even think millennials stay. Yeah, that we're not. A- <laughs> I say millennials and older because mil- me as a millennial, I have an account. Like, I do too. We have accounts, but like, are we active on it? Perhaps yeah. not. Um, I don't know. Instagram. What do you What do you all think? Honestly. <laughs> Crystal, what do you think about Instagram? Crystal, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Facebook is like our, and this is no hate. Okay, <laughs> this is just <laughs> facts. I feel, I mean, or my not facts because Nina will maybe share us share facts with us. But from my vantage point, Facebook is for like our parents' generation. If you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. And then millennials will also go there sometimes if they need to update the families on what is happening with your with their children, which I have none, so I will never go there. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to report. And like all the things I have to report, I'm pretty sure like the aunties and uncles don't give a shit about. Anyway, um Instagram is millennials. Yes. Okay. <laughs> TikTok, Gen Z, and some millennials. That's and basically good. Is is there is there another generation 
Um, and Alpha, but Gen Alpha is also on TikTok. I've seen some older folks on. I've seen some older folks on on TikTok, but they're like super hip. This is my thing. So TikTok kind of crosses the generations because there's That's so dope. many niche brands of uh, things on TikTok that you could do, um, and you have your audience. You know, for the DIY queens who want to do <laughs> things. You know, you might have like, you know, somebody who's super crafty, and that kind of hits kind of like. Um, you know, a certain demographic, right? And then um, uh, you have you have the kids who dance and that kind of mm-hmm. hits, you know, the Gen Z wave or even some of the millennial waves, right? We had a lot of friends who danced. Yeah. Right? Um, so mm-hmm. I think it's, I think TikTok kind of like goes beyond just the the segments of I'm just Gen Z, I'm just millennial, blah, blah, blah. They do, they do that really well. But I, for sure, Facebook in the U.S., Maybe mm-hmm. other places around the world is really for our parents, but in the Philippines, actually millennials still like, and even some Gen Zs heavily use Facebook still. Which is how? In what way? In what ways do uh, they use it? Like they watch memes on there, they watch videos. That's how they consume. They actually oh. consume content, um, and they share content through there. Because I think Facebook is just such it, it's it's such a big thing out there still, so um, it's funny to hear it's funny to see that. But I'm like, yeah, people, you know, when I was in the Philippines for the last the last time I was there for like six weeks, right? Like I, I saw it quite a lot. I'm just like, oh, even my little nephews and nieces were using Facebook still. Mm-hmm. Like they would communicate to their friends through there, share memes, blah blah. blah. I'm like, oh wow, that's interesting. Uh, I don't. I can't say that for the other parts of the world, but I know that for sure in Philippines that's how it's used, and maybe Southeast Asia in general. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But for us, I think I would describe it exactly how you guys did. Facebook for you know our moms, dads, uncles, aunts, whoever. Instagram is definitely such a millennial thing. <laughs> but it's such a millennial thing. Is it uncool? Is Instagram uncool? It's no, I don't think it's uncool. Okay. I don't think it's uncool at all. I think there's just ways that we use Instagram. Okay, you'll never catch a Gen Z doing a um doing a what is it called? Uh when you do the video oh my god, wait. What is it like called? Like a blog? Like a vlog? No, not a vlog, but when you're when you're doing a story and you want to do a boomerang. So oh, you'll never oh, you'll I... never catch a Gen Z like oh. do a boomerang they laughed somebody laughed at me like oh my god that's just such a millennial thing to do i was like a damn boomerang oh my god i, feel like <laughs> I felt so attacked i it's- didn't realize boomerang was still a, like i completely forgot about that for a minute yeah when people use boomerangs on stories when they're like oh yeah cheers you know we're out to oh, brunch right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah somebody somebody told me it's called chuggy Oh my god. Chugi. So Crystal chugi. told me about Chugi. Chugi, Crystal. Oh my chugi. god. Is it Chugi to use Chugi at this point, though? I hope not, because I just learned it like not too long ago. <laughs> you guys, and... can I can I just quickly tell <sighs> you tell you something that I, I found out through TikTok that Gen Z is um and I just first off, I wanna say like I fucking love Gen Z. I think I Gen do Z too. Fucking... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am obsessed with Gen Z. I love Gen Z. They can fucking bag on us all day i don't care <laughs> i think they're so fucking cool and are going to be part of the reason the world will be saved but um something that is so funny that they're clowning us about is how 
when we dance at the clubs, we put our hands up and it's not cool. It's not cool to it's put our cool hands put up when hands we dance? It's not cool to, like, put your hands up and dance anymore. Like this? like Yeah, like, like we can't, like, raising the roof, guys, not cool. What do Gen Z, what do, do Gen Z people do with their hands when they dance? I, I think they just leave it, leave it to the side. I don't know. Maybe, oh. maybe it's a little okay. bit of this, but even that seems like, you guys, I'm just, I'm just putting, I'm gently bending my arm and snapping it up. That's what I'm doing on the Zoom screen. But I feel like it is hella chuggy, like also to be like, hey guys, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot. The hands, okay, see, the thing is, I love Gen Z, but they do call us out for a lot of things i'm like hey you're wearing clothes that we used to wear in high school so <laughs> yeah. calm down you have yeah. y2k parties i live y2k okay <laughs> their time will come their you time think will it come it's cool <laughs> it was cool okay like you yeah. know so i can have my arguments about gen z but no i think they are a great generation um you know but i also think the millennials you know um you know walk the line so gen z could run so just saying mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what do you feel like is the thing about growing audiences that you found in the work that you're doing that people don't know about yet? Ooh, I don't know if they don't know about it. Maybe just the okay, digital researchers know about it. People who study digital analytics or study digital audiences know, but a lot of the things that you can learn about an audience is within the science behind it all. You know what I mean? Like like how people move, where people stay. It's all recorded in analytics. So you mm. can find trends and the trends, you know, the trends are beyond um trending what's cool on the surface line. It's trending, you know, it's trending because there's numbers behind it. Does that make sense? Like meaning like you could see, you could literally tell, I could tell you, oh, the word chuggy is trending. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I could just say it, but it might not be. But if I could say, you know, the word Chugi is trending because take a look at this website right here. It's the number one search website, number one search term on this website, you know, within the last 90 days and give you like those strong analytics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, that that can just go to show you that there's science behind it all. You know, um, like two years ago, I graduated with my, with my master's in science and digital audience strategy. It's it's a fairly new master's of science degree that came out um, at the Walter Cron- Walter Cronkite School just maybe three or four years ago. You know, a lot of these people who uh, take up this degree or, or, or utilize it, they they basically they they work in digital audience strategy, trying to figure out where to find these audiences and how to how to grow them or whatnot. And a lot of it goes back to the fa- to the basis of like science and and numbers. You know, numbers really push things. Um, when you try to sell something, and you put a numbers and science behind it, you tend to get a better. Um, you become more valuable, or that thing becomes more valuable because it makes sense. It's not just you're not just saying it by word of mouth. You're actually proving that it's you know, it's worth something because there's numbers behind it. But I think that's the thing. I think people will say, oh, yeah, it's trending on Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, and that's how I found it. But you can actually look deeper in and be really nerdy and really try to find it, uh, what, what where audiences are or how things are trending and blah, 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 if you kind of really look into the data analytics of um, your consumer's, like, blueprint, basically. Um, it gets that deep. I mean, when they say that 
things are listening to us, like our Alexa and things like that. They are. <laughs> they literally oh are. God. They're listening Scary. to our they're listening to I that's one of the first things I asked in that program was like, are our devices listening to us? You know, and, and they're listening for keywords and things like that to help basically um opt in certain ads. So that's why sometimes when you talk about things you see it on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we and we said yes to this because we probably didn't read a clause somewhere and we clicked yes and it allows us to do that. So what are your thoughts on <laughs> Like being a person who is using this data to do the work that you do, what are your opinions about our devices listening to us and using like our like day-to-day conversations as part of like pushing stuff to I, us? I had like a, I think at one time in this program, I had like kind of like a ethical battle with mm. the whole situation. Mm. Um, but I also think about it as like, if it's helping us, kind of um not live a better life but like if it, if the work is happening and they're utilizing the data to help create things that are make life easier for us or you know show us the things we want to be able to see and where we're trying to look for then i feel like okay ethically that's okay now if they're using the data beyond that for other purposes and other things that's where i'm like oh it's so clouded you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that sucks but I understand why they do it to be able to, you know, create like a digital world where we're like, oh, yeah, our trending pages like this because we like certain things like this. You know what I mean? So it's like matched to our profile, matched to our personalities. Or I'm getting served ads for, I don't know, a new car because, I, you know, I talked about it with a friend and how convenient that it pops up here so I could take a look to see what's the offering. Like things like that, I feel like ethically I'm okay with. But if it goes beyond that point, like how we talked about, off cam about the ai stuff mm-hmm. you know with actors with people in general um and using our likeness for certain things and i think that's super invasive but i think if it's used for surface level things to kind of help make your life easier kind of give you a better outlook on like what you're looking for and things like that then i think that's fine i think but it's still very gray you know what right. i mean because we really don't know like what's beyond that small clause that might have a clause that might have a clause in that right. thing that we said yes to maybe like 10 years ago because we were just trying to get on an app. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know how many things I probably said yes to. I'm pretty sure my digital footprint is wild <laughs> when I think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if I were to try to try to get off like the grid and clear my name, I don't know if that's even possible anymore. That's so interesting. <laughs> oh my God. It's so gosh. black mirror. It's so black mirror. Right. Like, yeah. Like we've we've been doing this since like Asian Avenue, MySpace, Friendster, Asian um, Avenue though, Nina, <laughs> Zanga. You know what I mean? Like we've been there because we were the we were the digital babies. Oh, that's so fascinating. I will say, like, it helped me at one moment where like. I was really looking for mm-hmm. more ethical brands to purchase mm-hmm. from. And um, like, so I, I, I was having like all these conversations with Michael about like, I need to buy ethically, you know, uh-huh. I need to buy sustainable clothing only. And mm-hmm. um, so more sustainable clothing um, companies are showing up on my feed. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this is 
quite perfect. And now I know where to shop and I know where my money is going. And I'm glad that my money is going to these smaller businesses that mm -hmm. are, you know, taking, helping take care of the planet and like are um, taking care of their workers, you know? So like, I feel a lot better about like these new brands, these smaller businesses that mm. I found through people listening <laughs> so that I can, I can, you know, I, I can put my money back into the community in, in a better way. Yeah. See, I think that's what I'm talking about when it brings kind of the good in your life. Like, I feel like, okay, that feels more ethically sound. That's fine when things happen like that. But again, if they use it for other purposes, like mm -hmm. I don't know what they can use it for. That's where it gets muddy and clouded. But yeah, that's kind of my standpoint. Like, because like Crystal just proved a perfect point. Like, it helped her realize the world of sustainability in her the own palm of her hands when she was searching mm -hmm. for it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and that's what technology is, right? Technology is supposed to help better our lives and make things easier in a sense and get us closer to the things that we couldn't really get to before. Kind of just like how snail mail was before and then we had emails. You know what I mean? Like people to communicate with people back in the 1800s when they were, you know, doing the Western movement, you know, in the United mm -hmm. States trying to get to California, they couldn't communicate unless it was through mail, you know, or a telegram or whatever. And, you know, fast forward, you know, how many years later now we have a cell phone, now we have emails and things like that. So we have more instant gratification and things like that. So that's a positive thing with technology right but then there's also like horrible things that happen you know with yeah with technology so i don't know i i think you have to there's always checks and balances with the world and we're always going to live in a world where it's going to never be a perfect utopia but that doesn't yeah. mean we can't try to you know have some sort of um bring those utopian vibes in there you know what i mean by people right. who believe in sustainability who believe um, in our, you know, horrible climate situation that we're having, you know, and things like that. War, all this other stuff that's happening, you know what I mean? So I think it's good to have both sides of the party and things like that, because we can't live in a perfect world, you know, but then those are the conversations. When things like that happen, the checks and balances happen, that's when the conversation happens. Right. And, and like for like these, these organizations, businesses, activists you know people who are like trying to get the word out that might not be like it on you know mainstream media like these small businesses i'm never gonna find them you know like mm -hmm. these activists that i listen to and, and watch like mm -hmm. would never find them on like cnn you know no exactly so yeah you know it, everything has its good and bad you know what i mean so it's kind of it's kind of hard to choose whether you're like a hundred percent all in at this point yeah, you could wield it for good. Yeah, you can. Okay, so Nina, we're just about t at time. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one more question, okay. kind of like a, a culmination of like all of what we've been thinking about through this conversation. What do you feel like our listeners need to be aware of or beware of with regards to how the internet is? landscape is going to look in like the next three to five years Ooh, three to five years that's more short term yeah. that's a super good question <laughs> thank that's you a super good question <laughs> that question is usually like what do you think we're going to look like with technology and the world wide web in like 20 years you know what i mean 
that's mm-hmm. always the question, but never within like a short span of three to five years. I ask that because I feel like it's going to be even like three or five years ago, I wouldn't have imagined where we're at today. Like this whole no, AI same. conversation, I never imagined it, but same. so much can change in three to five years, but go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think AI is going to be prevalent within this space heavily. And there's going to be a lot of regulations with it as well, too, because people know that there is a lot of good to it, but there's a lot of bad that could happen with AI. And I think that conversation is being said in multiple different industries, uh, from acting to writing to even like just tech stuff in general, or, you know, or or um, even education, especially in education. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kids are writing their 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 kids are writing their um, reports on chat GPT now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or teachers are saying, um, no, your kid wrote this on chat GPT, but in reality, they really wrote it. You know what I mean? So there's no way to like define it. Like I, I had this moment where my godson, his teacher called him out and said, no, you wrote this on chat GPT. It was a really well-written essay about his life and growing up Filipino American and things like that. And the way it was written was so eloquent and it was so personable. She thought that a chat GPT, like AI wrote it. And then, so oh my, my best friend, who's his, his, um, who's his, uh, uh, aunt was like, can you read this? Is this his writing? And I was like, dude, this is totally his story, his writing. Chat GPT could not do this. Like it was so oh. personable, but the, you know, like that's the thing, like, you know, people could use it for good and then other people could accidentally mess up and say, oh, this happened because they used this, but in reality, it wasn't that. So I think the landscape of what the World Wide Web, you know, um, or technology in general is going to have a lot of AI in it. And a lot of, no, I know a lot of people have said that, but I feel like regulations are going to become, you know, more prevalent to the situation. A lot of new laws are going to be passed about it as well, too. But also a lot of good can come out of it if it's used correctly. I'm also thinking that, you know, in the next five years, there's going to be a new TikTok. Something is going to happen because we've had TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook for the past. TikTok's been around for the past three, four years now. Beforehand, it was Musically, so it's been around even longer than that. Mm-hmm. So there has to be another revolution coming. I feel like it always comes within five to six years mm-hmm. of an app. Something mm-hmm. new pops up. So I, I've noticed there's been a lot of people been inviting me to new apps recently to check it out. Oh um nothing has stood out to me though like really stood out to me um like you know instagram did or tiktok did when it came out but i feel like there's going to be a new wave of an app that's going to come i know let's see let's revisit the episode in five years and see what happens when your title is like something we can't even imagine whoa stop it (laughs) director master of ai for abs cbn no Let's not go there. I don't even think I ever want to go there. Yeah. I'll stick to like <laughs> doing things on my own. <laughs> <I'm okay. laughs> yeah. uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Joining us again, you know, it is always a pleasure. We love your energy. We love you. Come back anytime. And thank you for your insight on technology and what's going on with you these days. Thanks, <laughs> thank you for having me. I always appreciate you having me on and being able to take a break from work and just talking about things I probably wouldn't have talked about today. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Me searchers, give it up for Nino Lanera. Nino Lanera. 
Follow Nino at Nino Lanera. And don't forget, be a me searcher. Follow us at me search podcast and check us out online at me searchpodcast.com. As always, we're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me search, folks. Uh,